ATS Friday the 14th of August and I'm here once again with Derek Munn, Director of Policy and Public Affairs for the Royal College of Speech and Language Therapists. We're here to chew over what's been happening in the world of speech and language therapy um, as we do every month. Since our last meeting we've increased the range of places you can find our podcasts covering many of the major apps such as Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, Alexa and many more and we'll also continue to be uploading onto SoundCloud. Okay, and so if you're using any of those, please do subscribe and leave us a review. So good morning, Derek. Hello. How are you? Um, have you been able to get away over the summer? Or are you still busy? Uh, I've not yet, but I, at the very end of the month, I'm hoping to get to Scotland. Brilliant. Oh, that would be a lovely break. So lockdown is easing across the four nations uh, and services are gradually starting up. I, I just wondered what are the key issues RCSLT is working on to support speech and language purpose at this tricky time? Okay, so I think things that continue to relate to COVID-19 or its aftermath, um, probably the, the most immediate in many people's minds, and in many cases because it's affecting them in their personal life as well as their professional life, is the reopening of schools. So Scotland have already gone back um, and the other three nations will follow in due course. Clearly there are issues for those SLTs who are parents, uh, but also for people who were previously school-based, understanding what the rules are going to be, can they go in, should they go in, where they get protective equipment, all of that stuff. Um, as we plan further ahead for the post-COVID world, then the key issues remain, number one, telehealth and remote working, uh, so building the evidence base, being clear uh, when it's appropriate and when it's not. Matt Hancock, the UK Health Secretary, made a speech a couple of weeks ago in which he said, in the future, teleconsultation will be the norm. Yeah? So for speech therapy, we need to say, when is that okay and when is that a challenge? And on what basis do we need to make the case for continued face-to-face -face therapy? Um, the other big post-COVID area is rehabilitation in all of its aspects, where we continue to work with partner organizations through what's called the Community Rehabilitation Alliance, We've also fed into some specific rehab pathway work in Wales. Alongside that kind of restart agenda, there's also, of course, the possibility that there will be a second wave or a second spike in first wave, take your pick. Um, and it remains the case that we want to win the necessary battles around aerosol generating procedures and provision of the right PPE in those contexts. So we are making common cause with other professional bodies, with trade unions, and with, with medical networks, um, with a discussion coming up in the next couple of weeks about how we can continue to press the case on that. Allied to PPE is something we know which is of strong interest to members, which is the provision of transparent face masks, clear face coverings, where we are pursuing the full government um, around the provision of this equipment. We understand that trial shipments of protective equipment that is clear and transparent is on its way to the UK to be trialled and that's a long way from overall provision and obviously we know that people are also interested in transparent face coverings for everyday use on the bus and in the shop uh, as much as the, the clinical stuff but we remain very much on the case with clear masks. Fantastic, thank you Derek. And I'm sure those are not the only things that are keeping you busy. Um, can you expand on other work that your team are doing at the moment? 
Okay. Black Lives Matter and work around anti-racism and also equality and diversity remains important and we are continuing to take forward the commitments that we made in our statement on Black Lives Matter earlier in the summer. Um, in the English context, Simon Stevens, the, the Chief Exec of NHS England, in his latest operational update to trusts, which was actually around COVID-19 phase three, as it's called, but there's a section in that about responding um, to anti-racism and some expectations on trusts in England, which we think have some potential to make a difference if done properly. And we do encourage members to, to engage with those at trust level if they're working in England in the NHS. Um, the other thing which has come out um, after some delay is the NHS England People Plan, which was meant to come out at the end of last year. It's strong on flexibility, welfare, health and well-being at work. What it isn't is a workforce plan for, for the next five to ten years. Um, but we developed a statement in response to the People Plan quite quickly. Um, that was only a few months late. The workforce plan, which has just come out in Northern Ireland, is a spectacular four years later than it was originally planned. And from our initial view, it's okay, but it's not very exciting considering we've waited four years for it. So that would be my considered judgment on the Northern Ireland plan. Um, on the proactive side, we are still working towards a virtual launch of the communication access symbol, um, hopefully before the year end. And we are teeing up now for what will be a big piece of work in the autumn, um, a big service user survey. Um, around speech and language therapy, where we're working with a lot of service user partners, um, big and small, and also wanting to make sure, obviously, that the, the survey we do is an exemplar of good practice in inclusive communication so that everyone, whatever their challenge, who is a user of speech and language therapy, has an opportunity to participate in the survey. Fantastic. And also a, a lot of those issues that you've mentioned, they are on our website. So what I will do is add links to the, this um, podcast for uh, Black Lives Matter work, the workforce responses and the service user survey. So members and others can find out more about them. Okay, that's great. Thank you, Derek. Final bit to explore really is the RCCT is celebrating its 75th anniversary this year. And regular listeners may know that each month has a theme. August's theme is around the world. So Derek, can you tell me what's going on with RCSLT's work around this theme and the exciting things that might be happening around the world? Okay, like everything, uh, international work is paused in terms of face-to-face, -face, but actually the reality is that we, we wouldn't do much face-to-face. -face. Most international work is virtual anyway, and you know, we spend a very small amount on our international work, but we do think it's important. So... The World Health Organization held its annual meeting in May. Pam Enderby from the RCSLT, because she's currently president of our global body, IALP, was part of that World Health Organization meeting. Uh, but clearly this year, as you would expect, it was focused very heavily on COVID-19 and the pandemic. That said, one of the areas where the profession globally does work with the WHO is around rehab. So we, we're making an input into, into that. Likewise, the conference of the United Nations Disability Convention in June didn't take place. It's been deferred. It may well take place virtually rather than in person, but we're continuing our work to ensure that communication disability is part of the agenda for the UN Disability Convention. 
them. And as part of that, um, I've been in contact with the, the Global Federation of MND, ALS organisations. We are contacting the International Disability Alliance, who are the main non-government player in that. And this is all through our work with colleagues in the, the International Communication Project. Um, watch out for the, the next international newsletter, which will be coming from the International Communication Project in the next few weeks. And then we continue, obviously, the, the work we always do through the European body, CPLOR. One of our members, Raman Kaur, has just gone on to a Europe-wide group looking at teaching materials, which is going to be of interest. We continue our work around the mutual recognition agreement. And the policy and practice committee of the RCSLT is finalising a position statement around work in low and middle income countries and the work we know that people do in Africa, for example, making sure that that's genuinely on a partnership basis, recognising that both sides can benefit um, and making sure that we adhere to ethical and every other kind of best practice when we are working to support the development of speech and language therapy in parts of the world where it's currently underserved. So I think that would be the, that's the kind of the headings under which our international work operates. But if members have a particular interest in that work, we'd be delighted to tell them more. Still um, a lot going on there as well around the world. Thank you. Is there anything else you wanted to mention? I hope everyone's having a good summer. Well, with that, thank you very much, Derek. And I guess we'll be in touch again by Zoom and doing a social distance podcast next month.